Welcome to the IEA podcast. My name is Harrison Griffiths. I'm Communications Officer at the Institute of Economic Affairs. Each week, this podcast asks a tantalising policy question to a top political and economic thinker. Today's question, what does the resumption of oil imports by the United States mean for the future of the Venezuelan socialist regime? To discuss this, I'm excited to be joined by Jesus Armas, a former councillor in Caracas, an Obama scholar and president of Ciudadania San Limitas a Venezuelan organization promoting individual liberty and limited government. Jesus, it was revealed last week that the United States is projected to import almost 3 million barrels of crude oil uh, from Venezuela after three years of uh, an oil embargo. What does this tell us about America's changing approach to the Venezuelan regime? And what does that in turn tell us about the future of the socialist regime? So, as you know, as everybody knows, uh, Venezuela has uh, many sanctions uh, over the people in government, but also over the uh, oil industry uh, that happened in between 2017 and 2019 because of the, all the human rights violations, and the relationship between, between the regime of Nicolás Maduro um, the drug uh, cartels uh, uh, and dealers in not only in Latin America, in Venezuela, but in all the region. Uh, that causes all these sanctions. Of course, um, Venezuela used to be one of the most important oil exporters in the world. Actually, between uh, 1940 and 1960, Venezuela was the largest exporters of oil in all the planet. Um, we, in that moment, we exported more oil than the United States, Russia, or the Soviet Union, and um, the Saudi Arabia. But in the 70s, Venezuela nationalized their industry. And after that, we never uh, recovered uh, the, the, the oil production. Um, for the uh, year 1998, we were producing around um, 2.5 and 3 million barrels per day. And after that, uh, Hugo Chavez came to power. Uh, he replaced the management of the national oil industry, PDVSA, um, and he replaced the most important uh, technicals and engineers of this uh, national uh, firm. Uh, with people of his political party, with people uh, related with Marxist and socialist ideas. And after that, uh, it began the decline of the oil production in Venezuela. Uh, we, we, we went through, we went uh, from 3 million barrels with less than 700,000 barrels per day. Uh, that's totally a disaster. And the economy in Venezuela is really related to the, uh, or really dependent of the oil price. Um, actually, in part, the uh, economical crisis and humanitarian crisis in Venezuela is related with the uh, decline of the oil production and, of course, the decline of the oil prices uh, in the world. Uh, but uh, at the same time, uh, the United States um, have been changing uh, their policies uh, in front of, of Venezuela. Why? Because um, the invasion of Russia to Ukraine. After the invasion of Russia to Ukraine, 
the United States start to talk with the uh, Nicolas Maduro regime, but at the same time, they keep their support to Juan Guaidó until January of this year when the Venezuelan parliament and the Venezuelan opposition decide to uh, end the uh, interim presidency of Juan Guaidó. So uh, this has in some ways accelerated the conversations between the US and um, the Maduro regime. And uh, right now we can see how uh, Chevron has a license uh, to produce uh, oil in Venezuela, but only to produce in the in the uh, oils uh, the in the sites that they have been producing oil in, in the past, uh, but not to explore or to increase uh, the production in the future um, beside that that specific uh, sectors of the of the country. So, and, and from and from the the perspective of the opposition to the regime in Venezuela. Uh, with the United States resuming imports under very limited circumstances. How has that been received among the opposition in Venezuela? Because, of course, it, it, as you say, the economy of the country is so closely related to how much oil you can export. But at the same time, does it lend more legitimacy to a regime, particularly when, particularly during the, the Trump presidency, the United States was waking up to the harsh realities of the socialist regime and really beginning to clamp down uh, in terms of its dealings with it. Uh, do you feel it's a step backwards? Well, I, I think that in, in the Venezuelan opposition, we have mixed emotions about this because on one side, of course, we want the economy of Venezuela to improve and we have to good relationship with all the countries in the world and to um, have a better oil industry um, in our country. But at the same time, uh, we know that every dollar that um, has, uh, that every, every dollar that um, enters to the uh, Venezuelan regime is a dollar that can be used for propaganda, for repression, and of course, to give more power to Nicolas Maduro. And we will have a presidential election in 2024. Um, maybe we will have in that moment a Maduro with a lot of uh, with more power, with more money. Um, that is a really difficult situation for the Venezuelan opposition, especially if not only the United States but other countries start to um, start new business with the with Nicolas Maduro regime. Actually, uh, Trinidad as a plan uh, that include, includes uh, Shell um, to produce uh, gas uh, or to buy gas to Venezuela, from Venezuela and to start to produce LPG. And uh, you, you talked about how oil and gas uh, exports have declined under the Chavez and then Maduro regimes. What policies that were implemented by uh, those two socialist leaders, what policies have led to that decline other than uh, other countries imposing limits on imports? Is, is there anything from an economic standpoint that the socialist government have done to make that situation much worse? Okay, so I will talk a little bit about history. We have four stages in the history of our oil industry. The first one 
uh, was really good. We have uh, a lot of presence of different um, international companies. We have Shell, we have uh, all this company related with the um, with the with the uh, with the United States, uh, of course Chevron, Exxon, and um, then we nationalized the industry in the 70s. Uh, we have some decline of the oil industry, but we have a really efficient bureaucracy in the in the government. So the decline was not so hard. Um, but in the 90s, the same president that was in power in the 70s was reelected, and in the 90s he changed his policies, and he started to open the the energy markets in Venezuela. And um, we have again the presence of international companies, and the oil production started to increase in Venezuela, and that was really positive. We we have uh, in that moment um, we passed from two to almost three uh, million barrels per day, and the oil industry um, have a lot of um, future or, or, or the perception of Venezuela and even the international market that was that um, Venezuela can increase even more their production. But with the rise of Hugo Chavez, he renationalized the oil industry. Uh, and also he nationalized many industries in Venezuela, uh, all the energy sector, of course, but also um, uh, the food sector, uh, he nationalized enterprises as coffee, uh, as coffee, all the agriculture. It was something really crazy. Uh, he also put a price cap uh, in different um, areas. And of course, he created an exchange, a currency exchange control. And all these policies uh, have as, as a consequence, not only the decline of the oil industry, but also uh, the um, shortages of food, of every product that you can imagine in our country. Um, for many, many years, we have to uh, make a lot uh, really long lines to buy toilet paper or to buy, um, I don't know, uh, something to buy food. It was uh, really a tragedy. We, we, we were more or less one of the richest countries of Latin America. And between 2013 and 2019, we lost 80%, 80% of our GDP. Uh, is the biggest decline of uh, GDP uh, of any country in times of peace. So because of this political and economic, economical policies, we have one of the biggest uh, migrant crises in the world. Actually, um, we are in the top three with Ukraine and Syria, and of course they had a war. So it makes a lot of sense, but it doesn't make a sense because Venezuela is in peace, uh, at least in peace with other countries, because of course the government declared war to their citizens and have been a lot of um, hunger, poverty, and issue, and many different issues to Venezuelans. So it's not only oil and gas, it's also, for example, uh, electricity. Um, Venezuela have uh, the capacity to produce 36 uh, megawatts of electricity, and we are only producing a third of that. 
And of course, we can cover the demand right now. And if the economy starts to recover, uh, we will not have enough power, enough uh, electricity to cover that, uh, to cover the demand. So it will be, uh, it's a real disaster, actually. Yeah, absolutely. And and those who have paid attention to the issue over the last few years will have seen a significant movements of migrants, particularly to neighboring countries like Colombia, but also to the United States and far further afield. However, you know, in the last few months, uh, there has been a slight improvement in the economic situation, perhaps linked to the world's greater openness to Venezuelan oil and gas after the Russian invasion of Ukraine. Do you think, number one, that that could potentially be a lasting change and that the economic situation in Venezuela may have genuinely taken a turn for the better. Uh, and two, is there anything that the government has done to relax state intervention in the economy, to relax some you know, price controls, expropriation of property that have driven business away? Uh, is there anything they've done to help improve the economy or do you think this is short-lived anyway? Uh, I think that helps, that helps a lot. Actually, um, after they start to uh, relax the price control, we uh, we saw the end of the lines for bread or for the toilet paper. Actually, we have right now uh, a lot of supermarkets um, with many, many different products, especially import products, um, because the national production is almost dead. Uh, and that's very sad because Venezuela has a lot of potential for agriculture, but um, Chavez uh, expropriate, confiscate uh, almost all the big uh, agricultural industries in the country. And so we have now to rely on the imports of uh, food and almost every product. Uh, so yeah, actually the price control has uh, is a big change for the life of many, many Venezuelans. At the same time, um, the relaxation of the currency exchange uh, helped a lot too, because um, a few years ago, we have a prohibition that um, we, can, we, we can use US dollar in that moment. But uh, after two or three years ago, they relaxed that policy and almost all Venezuelans, almost 70% of the transaction in Venezuela are made in US dollars because it's the only way to protect ourselves from the uh, inflation. As you know, Venezuela have uh, hyperinflation uh, a few years ago. Uh, we have 75% of hyperinflation in just one year, 75,000%, sorry, 75,000%. Uh, right now we have an inflation around 500, 600 and it's a lot for, for us, it's not so much because we, we have to experiment uh, such a crisis that uh, this feels like a little bit of an improvement. But I think that maybe um, by the end of this year, we will have another episode of hyperinflation in our economy. And, and so, why, do you, why, do you think, why do you think that that's the case? Uh, what, what is it that has uh, if inflation has already come down, uh, what has changed for you to think that it's going to return to the days of a few years ago when it was really quite serious, very exceedingly high numbers? 
because um, there are a lot of um, mobilization of the labor force in Venezuela. The unions are trying to pressure Nicolás Maduro uh, to increase the minimum wage. We have a minimum wage in Venezuela around $5 per month, $5 per month. So they, they are talking to increase this to 150 per month, 150 per month, which is a lot of, it's a big increase, yeah. but uh, eventually they will pay these salaries in bolivars, not in dollars. And of course they will print a lot of bolivars and they will, this will cause inflation because uh, in despite that, the oil uh, prices are better than a few years ago and that the oil industry will increase a little bit their production. Uh, there's not enough money to cover all the expenses of the state. Um, we have more than two millions of uh, public workers or public servants. Uh, and, and we are a country of 28 million of people. So is uh, around 50% of the population works for the government. And at the same time, we will have uh, presidential elections very soon in 2024, as I said before. And that implies that Nicolás Maduro will try to spend a lot of money to win that election, spend money in propaganda, but also in give some privilege to the army, give some more privilege to the members of his party, to some people um, of the, some of the, his oligarchs. So it, it represents a lot of the national GDP. So yeah, he will need to print money without, uh, not organic uh, money. Yeah. And uh, in terms of looking to the, to the future, perhaps without the socialists, without Maduro, uh, what do you think the prospects are, standing from where you are now, of a freer, more liberal Venezuela with a more limited government and respect for individual liberty and property rights that we in our movement all want to see? Uh, with freedom, Venezuela we will be, again, one of the richest countries of, of Latin America. I don't have any doubt about that because uh, we have many advantages. Of course, we have uh, a great social capital. Uh, for many, for the between the years of democracy, uh, Venezuela create a lot of universities, a lot of schools. So we have a lot of educated people that I know that they have the knowledge to uh, recover the Venezuelan economy. At the same time, I think that we have the advantage, uh, the advantage of have the largest reserve of oil in all the world. So if we open the energy uh, business to the private and we have the opportunity to bring back Exxon, BP, Shell, and all the international companies, we will increase our oil production. And of course, we can uh, use these uh, taxes to um, help uh, to, to invest in the infrastructure of electricity and of course to open the electricity markets to competition and to bring back also the private enterprises to that sector. So we have many, many, many advantages in Venezuela, in agriculture, and in so many areas that 
I think we can recover our, our economy. Um, and also, um, I think that Venezuelans love freedom. Venezuelans love democracy. We were the strongest democracy of Latin America for many, many years. Um, we come back the, the guerrilla. We come back uh, the dictators uh, around the region. So we have a long tradition of freedom. We have fight against this, this dictatorship for many, many years. And I know that the hope and the energy of the people will change everything and we will have a great country again. Well, that's excellent. Unfortunately, that is all we've got time for, but an excellent note to end on. Hazen Samas, thank you very much for joining us. And thank you all very much, ladies and gentlemen, for watching and listening. Well, if you enjoyed that conversation, why not watch one of these other videos? And while you're here, remember to hit the subscribe button and the notification bell. That way, you'll never miss out on a single IEA broadcast.